Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Top of the Key. I'm Grace, and as always, I'm here with Thomas. Uh, so I did my whole my whole outline, you know, and then about an hour and a half after I sent it to Thomas, I said, "Here we go. We're good to go." Um, the big news broke, and Caitlin Clark has declared for the WNBA draft this year. We'd love to see it. Um, honestly, I feel like I don't know about you, but I feel like this was always going to happen. Um, I didn't really feel like she was much of an option to stay, but I'm still glad that she's, that she is declaring. Yeah. Like the, the other, the other players that have been doing the hemming and hawing and the, the, you know, page Becker's actively just not, not going to declare that always felt like more of a possibility. Even when Caitlin Clark was doing that, I don't know. Am I going to declare? I feel like everyone just sort of knew like, yeah, you're going to declare and you're going to Indiana. We all know this. It's like, uh, yeah, you could say that all you want. And <laughs> I, um, I, I appreciate the lying, but also you're not turning down one, one. You're just, I don't think she really had much of a chance to do so. Yeah. Like she would, she, if she didn't declare, she almost certainly would be 1-1 one, one next year, but also, like, the only thing left for her to do in college at this point is win a championship, and I don't think it's happening. If it doesn't happen with Iowa this year, I just don't see it happening. Well, I mean, to be perfectly blunt to any Iowa fans watching, I don't think it was much of a chance to ever happen for Iowa. Um, well. I think I think last year was the, was the chance. Um, yeah, I mean, Iowa's an okay program but she really put it on the map, I would say. Like, I, I wish I looked this up before. Hold on. Not not I won. Iowa. Uh, year by women's team. Um, I'm trying to see what, they, what, what, the, what the year by year record is for Iowa, but they weren't like a juggernaut program uh, before Caitlin Clark got there, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the the feeling to me, I saw someone make this comparison online too, um, in a in a less nice way than I'm going to put it. Iowa feels to me like what Oregon felt like around the time that like Sabrina and Satu were seniors. Um, in that like it's not a terrible program, it's not like bad, but it's just they lifted that program more than anything else it, it was it, this isn't a yukon situation where like okay goodbye caitlin we're gonna welcome in another freshman who's gonna turn out to be almost as good as you yeah like so iowa has been to one one championship game last year they lost they've been to two final fours they've been to five elite eights they've been to one two three four five six seven eight nine sweet 16s and the tournament a bunch of times since the 80s like it's too many to count but like they've won the conference one, two, three, four, five times, and back to back times with Caitlin Clark, and they won the conference regular season championship one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. So it's not a bad program. Like that's not a bad program, but it's a it's a program that goes to the tournament and loses before the Sweet Sixteen most of the time, and that's just kind of what the situation is, and um, that's not. Not say it's it's more a testament to Caitlin Clark that she's able to like really elevate them in a way that other people haven't been able to. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's really good, <laughs> and I think I think that she accomplished all that she really could accomplish at Iowa these last two years 
they're going to be a, t- a, a title contender again with her this year. Um, she very well could win it this year because um, especially LSU is a little worse than normal. South Carolina is obviously still really good, but what are they like? Are their records? I still don't think they've lost. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I know that they were either undefeated or they lost like a game because I, I can remember the last time I checked, but they're obviously one of the best programs in the country. But I was definitely up there. They're probably going to make the final. I, I would be shocked if they don't make the final four again just because they're so talented. So, like, yeah, we'll see what happens in the tournament, but she was always going to go pro, I think. Yeah. Uh, I just checked South Carolina's 27 and 0 now this year. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're good folks. Um, personally this is very exciting because the new york liberty's home opener is against the indiana fever for second year in a row um and i have tickets so i will get to see caitlin clark with my own two eyes which will be fun and her debut so it well our home opener you said home opener right so so they're they're away for the opening day the the fever then their home opener in indiana is against the Liberty. And then for the Liberty's home opener, Indiana oh, comes I, to New York. For some reason, I thought the Liberty were opening against. Um, I, I thought I heard you say opening against. No, like, again, for the, the season. Weirdly, for the second year in a row, the opening day for the Liberty is against the Mystics in Washington. And the Liberty's home opener is in New York, is uh, against the Fever. Somehow they've they done that. Said, <laughs> they just said run it back. back. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, that's cool. That'll still be a fun one. Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, Daisha Fair of Syracuse surpassed Brittany Griner for fifth all time in the, in D1 women's basketball scoring, um, which kind of got, it's like a weird time for women's basketball where like this would, I feel like this would more, even within women's sports, this wasn't covered as much, but just the craziness of the draft and Caitlin Clark and Cameron Brink and LSU and all of that, um, this kind of got just sort of swept aside um but she's draft eligible this year so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens i believe she's a this is her fifth year so she's she's coming out got this no, year so. got no choice but to be draft yeah. eligible <laughs> but uh I you mean, know that's that's pretty cool yeah that's fun and also i think the fact that it did get buried in all the other women's sports news goes to show how much people talk about this stuff now in a way that we didn't before yeah yeah, it's it's fun. We'll see what happens. We'll see if how many people are in or out of the draft. Caitlin Clark is in. Um, Cameron Brink is doing the hemming and hawing. Is she? She she said, "Oh, she's not certain." She put up a picture where she said, "Thanks for the memories." So who knows? Maybe she's just a huge. She'll be a huge <laughs> Fallout Boy fan. You know, we we, we, we don't she's, we don't know. She's just lit, like you know, yeah, loves Fallout Boy. Um. Angel Reese is doing the maybe I'll come back again for another year. Um, I do think that it would be the funniest thing in the world if like almost all the top draft picks who are el- who are like have the fifth year use it. I think it would just be so like to just have all of these mock drafts with all of this stuff just be completely irrelevant. So how do you feel about all of them like not automatically declaring? like other sports like how does how does that make you feel in terms of where the w stands still with money with stuff like that like i see you know what i mean yeah because I, 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 yeah because like in um in in most mental i think baseball is different because like 
you could kind of just not get drafted and then just go back, or you could just not sign and then go back and it doesn't really matter. But like basketball, everyone's one and done. Uh, the NFL guys who are sophomore red shirts are leaving and juniors. The only guys who are seniors who stay are probably because they don't play until they're older. Like they go to like a stack school, you know, like an Ohio state yeah. situation or Bama where they just didn't have tape. So they can't go out. How do you feel that, um, people like Cameron Brink are saying, I don't know if I'm going to go out when it's clear that she would be the second pick in the draft now. So it's really interesting because this is also with the way that the CBA is built. This is like the first time this is actually happening for the W where most of the time before COVID, it would just be, well, you got to wait the four years. So it doesn't matter. But I, I think I see all sides of it where I think like, I get why I feel like for for the women's basketball players specifically, they actually choose a college that they're going to want to spend hopefully all four of their college years in. Um, they're not, you know, there haven't been a ton of transfers of big players. They tend to sort of stay. I mean, Angel Reese transferred, but most of the times they go to a school and that's the school they want to go to. The UConn kids go to UConn. They stay there. Um, South Carolina kids go to South Carolina. Most of the time they stay there. Um, so I think I get it more that they're sort of looking at, it, especially someone like, um, I mean, Stanford isn't as, as strong as they've been in years past, but still really good. Um, South Carolina kids, LSU kids, UConn kids. I get why they might want to say, well, if I do a fifth year, um, I could potentially have the chance to win with this team. And, you know, there might be something more there than it means to men's sports where they can just declare after a year. And they don't really have to be fully committed to the the vision there, um, but yeah. And also, it just it it makes the league look behind the times by not allowing that's, kids to declare. That's that's really where I'm. That's why I was asking that specific yeah. part because it feels it feels a little. I feel like this is ammo for the WNBA PA or whatever they they call themselves because I know the NBA doesn't call themselves the NBA PA. I don't remember what it is, but it's the, the WNBPA. Yeah, I know it's something like that. Anyway, <laughs> it's too many you, you know what I'm talking about. The players. Okay. Um, I feel like it's ammo for the players to be like, people would rather spend another year in Stanford than come into the. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I feel like it's going to be ammo against the owners to be like, you got to up the pay, you got to up the facilities if you're a team like the Sky or. I, I don't really know how else this like how other what other teams facilities are like because I know the Liberties were like I mean they were they were gotten banished to Westchester for a while like it was they've got they, they've been a long and winding road to get where they are to have really good facilities and be taken pretty seriously and it would took new ownership to do that but like even Phoenix last year I think it was last year going into this year that the owner was like we're gonna we're gonna upgrade all update all of our facilities and then they signed a bunch of good players and traded for good players and they're like let's be serious you know so yeah. like i wonder if if this is kind of gonna be a a thing that sucks for the w in the interim because i do think it sucks that these players would rather go to the would rather say even though i understand why you want to stay in college i think it kind of sucks that that's the better option but I think it I think it could be ammo for the W to be like, hey, look. I mean the the player, it's not the W. I, I think it I think it will be. I think that's hundred percent correct. I also feel like if not this CBA, the next CBA 
like, I feel like it's coming down the road really quick because now we're getting these. I mean, we've had them for a while, but we're getting the kids who are watching these NBA players and these NFL players come out after a year. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two CBA cycles, if that eligibility thing gets decreased and you're allowed to declare after a year or even just like even two years would be an improvement. I think that that's coming down the pike sooner rather than later. Oh, I mean, I think, I think it has to kind of, because I think if you want to get, frankly, if you, if they want to keep being taken seriously as a professional league, then they're going to have to start allowing this stuff to get to, to happen faster. Like yeah. when, when Caitlin Clark goes off in college and then it's like, as much as it sucks for the college game, if you're the WNBA, you're going to want her in the league immediately. Like, could you imagine how electric it would have been if she did all that at the tournament and then was like declaring that everyone's <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah, it was kind of like when she's going back to Iowa for a full season. And like, while that's great for Iowa and great for the WNBA, I mean, great for the WNCAA, it's still like the, the WNBA is probably like, damn, like that's kind of a missed opportunity for us, you know? Yeah. I also, I, I, and I think with NIL, obviously, like the, the situation. Yes, changes that helps. Well. That helps. Too. Um, but also, like, I, I also think even if you get rid of this, um, the eligibility, like the, the age limit, years limit, whatever thing that they have going on, because it's, it's a little stupid the way that their, their thing is too with declaring where like you either have to be a senior or you have to be 22 by a certain date. Um, but I mean, because that's how UNESCO came out early, right? Because she was no, she was allowed to come out early, but she said she was going to stay another year. That's what I I knew she she had a choice, and I knew there was something weird with her. Like I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Like, (laughs) thank you, Sabrina, for not. I know, seriously, thank God. (laughs) But but I mean, realistically, she was a huge deal. Yeah, and stayed another year in college. Like, could you realistically think of any other sport where a player is that huge of a deal and decides to stay at college? Like, I don't care how good they are. They're leaving. Like, I don't care how beloved they are at insert school here. Like they're out. Like, and it's because they want to get paid and they want, and they want the professional notoriety, but that's just not what the WNBA has right now. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's it's this is gonna be a very big part of the CBA thing. I think I was talking I was talking about I think so too. the other night where like this is gonna be a big part of it that'll tie into the cap and the max and the charter flights are gonna be. A, I feel like those are gonna be the major issues that they come into the CBA with because that's the stuff that everyone's been talking about for five years. Like oh, since whenever I, the last yeah. CBA was, <laughs> we've been talking about this. I mean, like the the liberty we we're gonna get. What was that article that I was written about them that they were gonna have like the franchise like disintegrated they were because hold the franchise because because they took charter flights against like come on man like that's just unser like that's straight up just unserious behavior you know like like let's be real we're gonna but hold an original franchise because they took four charter flights like it it's just not realistic and um but yeah. <laughs> like imagine if like the 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 like imagine if MLB was like we're gonna fold the Boston Red Sox. You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Like what in the world? But anyway, yeah, like 
I don't know. I think it's, I, I, it's always something to, to think about when I hear stuff like this, because it's so, it's just, you, I, you just don't, you would just rather these players be pros. And I know that sucks for college, but college will always get new recruits. Like, Ju, like Juju Watkins is a great example. Yeah. She is balling out of USC as a freshman. Now we have to wait like three years, four years for her to become pro. Like, come on, you know? And a go. Exactly. Like, come on. Like, how cool would it be to be a fan of a team that you're like, wow, look at her doing all this at USC. She could be on my team next year. That's how you get people caring about both things, but it's just hard. It's hard because it's just not. They also would need in that scenario, they would need a more than one expansion team B. And I think that like, you know, given the fact that the wages are so suppressed in the the W and it'll go up for the, during the next CBA cycle, but these teams should have like G leagues. I don't know why we can't do that. (laughs) Like we're, just because there's so many talent, and if you start saying, "Oh, it's like if Hannah Hidalgo and Juju Watkins could declare today and be in the next draft," there's three rounds. That's like two players, and not that every third round pick becomes some sort of superstar or anything like that. But that's like two good players who just now aren't getting drafted. Yeah, it's a G League, add a couple rounds, and now all of a sudden you got more players, and then you don't run into the situations where like we need to sign someone to a random seven or 10 day contract and they have to keep themselves in shape for the entire season and be around a team just in case they might need them. Like uh, Epiphany Prince did last year. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that while the, um, the, the G league stuff would be great for picks like that. I also think it's, I think it's honestly more important for like the undrafted players or like the, the late drafted players. Because now, like you get drafted in the second round and you get cut, like you're 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 working at, I don't know, like you're you're doing like a a, a regular job, quote unquote. I don't know. You, you, well, you know you're what I mean? Going overseas. But even then, like the seasons don't overlap, so you might not go overseas for months. Yeah. So you, you gotta like wait, <laughs> unless you're going to like France or something. But then that season has already been happening. Like it's already started. So I don't know, like, it's just, it it, it puts them, it it puts these players in a tough situation because you either have to make the team outright or you just got to wait at home until someone calls you where you might legitimately need coaching if you're a second round player to get coached up to be good. And you don't know how many diamonds in the rough have fallen through the cracks so far because there's just no roster spots for them. Yeah, it's, it's in a very weird spot for the league i feel like like they're just in like this weird in-between zone where they should be catching up but also there's other things that need to be done to make the catch-up possible yeah and i think it's kind of at an inflection point now because more people are paying attention yeah like more more people are looking at the stuff and being like they they actually care (laughs) for lack of a better term because before like it was just the, the, the popularity has grown in so so quickly and so short a time that I think sometimes the popularity has outgrown the the pacing of the of the league sometimes you know yeah uh, anyway I mean I feel like we've done a, a bunch on the uh, draft and we're gonna the draft is in April it's April 15th um it's being held in Brooklyn at the um, at BAM. And there's going to be tickets. People can go. 
Yeah, that's cool. First time for a, a while. I feel like it's yeah. been years since they had think, it in person. I want to say since 2018. Something. I, I think it was 2017 or 2018. I can't yeah. remember the exact year, but it was one of them too. But oh, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm really gonna look fun. into the prices. I kind of want to go. Yeah, that's that's super fun because um, like that's just it's that's a very professional league experience is yeah. going to the draft. Like such a big deal. Yeah. <clears throat> But the draft is drafts in April. We're gonna have plenty of time, especially once the tournament starts. You start getting more people because they the players have to declare by forty eight hours after the last game. So we'll be seeing a lot of declarations once the uh, once the actual tournament starts. Um, yeah. So why don't we take a break? And when we come back, there's a little bit of news from around the, the league and stuff this past week, which uh, we'll get into. All right, and we're back. Uh, so the news that shocked no one, because we all knew it was happening anyway, we just were waiting for the numbers and the confirmation, Brianna Stewart signed a one-year deal with the New York Liberty. A one-year unprotected deal for $205,000, which is well below the amount she could have gotten, which was around $241,000. Yep. Um, thanks for opening up more cap space. What do they have, like $100,000? I almost had $100 million. Hundred thousand dollars in caps. <laughs> they almost have a hundred thousand dollars in cap space around now. Yeah, it's like a hundred and three thousand or something like that. Yeah, but realistically, it's like a hundred thousand. So yeah. they have enough space to add another vet, and that's nice because I think the team does need. I don't want to say they need help, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's um, more help is always nice, and Stewie taking a pretty significant pay cut. I mean, like $40,000 is not nothing to sneeze at. I know that she makes a lot. She's has a lot. She's plenty of money from her overseas ventures and her off the court stuff. But, you know, always, always never ask players to turn down. I always like it when players give my team more money to spend, but also <laughs> they don't have to. They, she could be greedy and I wouldn't be mad at her. So yeah, just there. They got, they probably got someone in mind or at least a few someone's. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I feel like they wouldn't do this. Yeah. It also, the unprotected nature gives them a protected slot, which is how you get players to sign for less money than they might. Yeah. They're not going to get cut. I thought it was pretty interesting that all a bunch of reporting around this was, oh, they have about 100000 in a protected slot. They could sign a player right now, or they could wait, and they could trade for someone at the deadline with a protected contract. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do, <laughs> uh, because... It's kind of slim pickings out there uh, <laughs> uh, free agent-wise. It's just a lot of them signs already. And whoever they sign would, even though they could offer a protected slot to someone who is a like an overseas player right now or something like that to that effect, I don't know. I just kind of, I would not be surprised if, um, I would not be surprised if, they hold this if they're going to use this for the for a for a trade deadline acquisition. I, I'm also wondering if the cap number we've heard, like the amount that they have left, I'm wondering if that takes into account the um. And we'll get more into this a little bit later because we got a confirmation on something. But the Marine Johannes reserve yeah. contract, I'm wondering if that's in there because if it is, that's even better. But like if it's not a hundred thousand, that again gives them room to to get MJ in there. Um, what if that is her? Like that, maybe yeah. that 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 leftover money is going to be whatever MJ gets when 
she's allowed to. Yeah, which is a great trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, basically. <laughs> You're getting full full season Marine Johannes in there at the end for a playoff push. Any team would love that. Um For sure. A little bit of a little bit of downer news. Um Rebecca Gardner with the Sky, we talked about her a little bit. She signed with the the Sky. Um I'm trying to remember if it was a reserve contract or whatever. Uh, but she tore her Achilles during a game in um, whatever league she's playing in right now, and she is likely out for the season. Um, this sucks. Yeah. It's just, this stuff is, I think, the biggest reason why they need to pay the players more is to stop stuff like this from happening. Um, while the fact that these other leagues are such a big deal, that's really cool, but there's no way that the W wants... There's no way that WNBA teams like that. Like, the Liberty cannot like that John Paul Jones is playing in China right now. They just cannot. Because they're probably... Chances are she'll be fine. But... Because it's not like football where things can happen on any given snap and then, like, that's it. But also, yeah. like... Like, come on. <laughs> Pay them enough where they don't have to do this. You know? But... Yeah. It's... Again, this goes into prioritization. This goes into the salary cap. But yeah, just even on a singular level, Rebecca Gardner has had such like an up and down trying to make it career. She finally, it felt like, had it and then got injured again. Um, I believe she was out last season with with an injury too for most of last season. Um, You hope she can come back, but she's 33 and it gets harder every time, especially... As you keep getting, you know, I mean, as the years go on, it's not getting easier. A torn Achilles at 23 for a basketball player is tough. That's tough. Like, that's a tough injury. That's a tough injury for a 21-year-old basketball player. That's a tough injury for a 21-year-old anybody. But when you've got the miles of athleticism of sport on her body, rather, that she does, it's tough. Like, that's just, like, I don't want to be, like, a downer, but that one's just, that's a rough one. You just, of all the things to see, you're like, oh, an Achilles, you know? Like, that's what yeah. I did when I saw Achilles. I was like, man. It's just... who I hope we see her again. Is like, And it sucks that you say that about someone, but yeah, I, I hope she can she can come back from this. Um, rooting for her. It's it's a tough time for, for women's sports generally with injuries, too. I mean, obviously... Everybody getting hurt. Yeah, they the, the basketball players are getting hurt on, you know, because they have to play so much, but like, um, we're both women's soccer fan, and and everyone seems to like look at the field and tear an uh, ACL. So, um, it just it sucks. It's every time you read, even Becca Gardner isn't on the team I root for, but I respect her as a player, like her as a player. You any player, you see that they're injured, it just it sucks to read because especially women's athletes don't get the amount of pay that Amanda's. I mean, we're yeah. we're Mets fans. Edwin Diaz. Blew his knee out last year, missed the entire year, but he got twenty million dollars for the year anyway. Rebecca Gardner, I don't know if that. I assume that contract is not protected, so she just lost out on eighty thousand dollars or whatever. So it just it sucks. Yeah, it just it's it's it sucks from it sucks from an everything standpoint, really. And like honestly, the 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 overseas leagues probably are begging the WNBA to not do anything about this stuff because they need these players. But I don't know, man, it's just, they need to, 
they need to do something about this because I mean, when, when Brianna Stewart got hurt and she was overseas, like that sucks. <laughs> like, you know what I yeah. mean? That's just like, it sucks if she gets hurt in a W game. It just double sucks if you're a fan of the sky and you're like, well, what do I do about that? You know? Yet, yet another blow for the Sky fans who have just been the league punching bag this offseason. I know, they're just getting beat up. <laughs> uh, and then, finally, there, there was an interesting article about the Liberty in um, the nexthoops.com written by Jackie Powell um, about sort of their offseason thus far, and it got into, you know, their bench shinings and stuff like that. Um one of them on ESPN at the time for being like, I don't know, I think NECA if she came to New York would be on the bench. And I was like, who, in what world? And apparently in the NECA attempting to sign with the, you know, Liberty attempting to sign NECA universe, um, she was pursued as a bench player. Um, and NECA took the year with the storm because she wanted to be a starter still. Uh, but I, I find it fascinating that, and I, I get why, but like that NECA would choose that her, like her top choice was the storm as a starter, but clearly she wants to win too, because the Liberty came in runner up and they were going to play her off the bench and they're going to try again next year. The article sort of beats around that bush, but they're almost certainly going to try again next year when she's a free agent again next year. And next year, depending on where their draft pick is, they may have an open starting spot because Sloot is done after this year. If they don't yeah. sign her, which like I don't think they're going to. <laughs> <laughs> it she's the one who needs to be like, especially after next season when she's another year older, she will need to be the bench player at that point. And I feel like there's cheaper bench options. Yeah, and um, as much as I like her, I feel like she's um. How do I say this? <laughs> I think I think if you're going to upgrade a starting spot on the Liberty, it's her instead yes. of someone else. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, uh, mostly we saw how the defense went in the finals. I know she had a great game four, but um, you you saw how that stuff went. It was just, it wasn't necessarily, she got exposed a little bit. And um, <clears throat> she's not the tallest player and she's older now. So I wonder what, I kind of do wonder what another year of her looks like. Um <laughs> We'll see how that as it goes, but yeah, I just kind of don't see her coming back. And then you could draft someone. You'll have one of the better picks in the draft. I'm assuming. I don't think they'll have one one, but who knows? The way this draft, the, <laughs> who knows? And the way this draft is shaping shaping up, if if um, people are already declaring to come back, then it might be a really good pick anyway. At one five or one four or whatever, maybe even one six, because I think the I. I don't think that um, Phoenix is going to be awful, but I don't think they're going to be like some superstar team either. So we'll see. They were awful last year. And I know that they would be like, at that point, they'd kind of be neck and neck with this guy who were like fine last year, but are going to be awful this year. I don't know. I think I kind of think 1 1 is going to be the sky if I'm have to pick right <laughs> well, now. But in that case, 1 1 is the wings. That's true. Um, <laughs> which would be crazy. That would be, they would be really good. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that that just goes to show how good people think the Liberty are, like players around the league think the Liberty are. And I think if the Storm were any worse, Neko would be a Liberty bench player right now. 
which is out outlandish thing to say. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's kind of makes sense for how the roster stands, but I also think that's why she's not on the Liberty. And uh, I think if the Liberty were saying, if we're going to start you, then she would be a starter on the Liberty. But I could see a world where I'm wondering if this is what they're waiting for with the protected slot and hundred thousand. I could see a world where, you know, they're, Currently, a lot of the mock projections for the draft have them drafting Charisma Osborne at the end of the first round, and she's a good player. Um, but I could see a world where if Sloot is looking a little bit slower, a little bit older, because again, like, A, we watched those playoffs last year and, and the final especially, and B, um, she's a year older and she's not, she wasn't the world's greatest defender to start with. Yeah, um, the guard if, defense is rough and she's can, a year older, yeah. You can't like you can't you can't really. It worked in the regular season and most of the way through the playoffs, but like you really shouldn't have like Sloot and UNESCO if you're looking for like even the slightest bit of guard defense. Um, it just didn't work. And again, if I'm choosing one of the two to upgrade on, um, I'm I'm not choosing the 26 year old player who uh, is a great shooter and like if you if you have to put her at the one like she's good it's just she's better at the two um or who knows maybe sleep will rub off on her anyway um yeah it's i could see them no, no i mean you're you're right <laughs> like like unesco's a building block and sleep was a was a uh um mercenary vet that you signed to try to win the final and yeah. they got there and they got there in part because of her. Like we're kind of slandering her on this podcast today, <laughs> but they also had a lot of regular season success because of her. But it was just the finals was a tough, tough matchup for her because the aces are so strong at, at the yeah. offensively at the position where she is just not a very <laughs> strong uh, defender. It's a little rough. It's a rough matchup specifically for her, and it sucks because that is probably. 90% sure that's going to be the matchup. If they make it back, it's just going to be a rematch. I don't really see a team beating them. So I'm, I'm dreaming of a reality where somehow the Liberty get page backers. Um, oh yeah. I mean, that you just, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the idea of NECA coming off the bench is wild to me. Also like front runner for six player of the year. Um, but yeah, it, it's, wild to me i i again i don't know what's gonna happen next year i assume they pursue her again i don't know if it'll be in a starting role or a bench role um but also in the article and i said i I mentioned this before um it was confirmed that if marine johannes comes over after the olympics to liberty um (laughs) once again she will not be affected by prioritization because she comes back after the 21 day time she's gonna be she's gonna be in prioritization (laughs) until the rule dies she's gonna it's she's gonna be 97 years old and they're gonna be like like, what a great second year player (laughs) yeah it's uh, 97 year old marine johannes is like a trade deadline acquisition like it's crazy (laughs) but um i mean hey that i've I'm pretty sure that means she's going to suit up for the Liberty in the playoffs. Like, I can't imagine any other scenario. I don't, she's too good to just let go and not affected by prioritization means she's still under contract. She, they just need the cap space, right? That's what I'm assuming. Yes. That's how that works. And I, I don't know if, cause they, again, they made her that offer. I'm assuming that they knew this 
as soon as like oh they definitely know. knew this they they knew so this they, months ago yeah so they offered her the reserved contract which she gets as a second year player for the third time um she's like the stupidest kid in school who keeps getting left back um so <laughs> so like I'm, I'm i'm looking up their salary cap stuff now go ahead but like if that's if that's factored into that because it's a reserved con and i, I from everything I've read about Marine Johannes, she also clearly likes being in New York. She sees that that is probably the best place for her, even though she's on the bench. I, I, I see a lot of people online say like, "Oh, why, why is she, why is she on the bench here? She could be a starter in Indiana." Yeah, but you like the spotlight is much brighter in New York, so she's on the bench. She's still taking a part of that gigantic spotlight. Where if she was in Indiana, you'd be like, "Oh, that's great for her." But like she understands that the the you know marketing opportunities are greater in New York and that that will benefit her and also like it's got a kind of rock to be like I'm on the bench for you know especially now one of the best teams in the league um and I can just like show up after the Olympics and they'll they'll be still rocking and rolling without me and then I can just join in like that's instead of being like with the fever and then all of a sudden being like oh my god. They're, you know, they're the as a team, the fever, like we have, we, you know, we don't have a guard now or whatever. Like they would need her more than the Liberty do, but the Liberty sure like having her. Oh, yeah, for sure. So she's not showing up on like their salary cap stuff on like spot track and stuff, but maybe that's just because she's not here yet. Like she's not, she's physically not in the, in the, uh, and like on the roster, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if it's that. I don't know how this works <laughs> specifically because it's very, very confusing. This stuff needs to be not confusing anymore. Maybe uh, Richard Cohen will will give us the info at some point. Man, he hardly knows. I feel because he's like, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> because she's not listed as a, a free agent, like she never was. She was a restricted free agent, or no? She's she was in her even. second year. <laughs> No, she's a reserve player. So, like, yes. that's even different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming that she just walks back in after the Olympics. That's going to be wild. I'm very excited for that. Uh, so why don't we, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the fact that we actually have, like, somewhat professional basketball to watch now uh, for the next few weeks. All right. And we're back. Uh, so Athletes Unlimited is starting literally today as we speak. It is uh, Thursday, February 29th. Today was the first day. Um, the The first game actually just ended. Um, Team Gray, Team Alicia Gray beat Team Lexi Hall 88 to 67. Um, but yeah, we've got actual professional basketball being played by professional players. Like these are a lot of uh, WNBA players. You've got starters, bench pieces, um, free agents, all in this league. Um, and all the games are going to be available on the WNBA app, I believe for free. Just watch that's, them. That's smart. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun league. Um, they have, like I was saying, you know, they got stars and starters like Natasha Cloud is there. Alicia Gray is there. Obviously, she was the captain of one of the teams, Kaylani Brown. Um, they've got some significant bench pieces that everyone's heard of. Haley Jones, Kirsten Bell, um, Grace Berger. 
free agents. You got Ruthie Hebbard, Angel McCoftry, and then of course you've got Sid Coulson and Teresa Pleasance, um, who I'm pretty sure Sid Coulson has been every single year here. She talked about how like this league saved her career. She went yeah. there, showed she had stuff still to give and still in the tank, and then she got signed by the Aces. And that's what's really cool about this league is that now you're going to get to see Ruthie Hebbard, who got uh, let go by the the Sky. They didn't offer her a contract. Now she might be able to turn this into a training camp contract or even a, a bench contract with one of the work. You know, this this guy should really just resign her. I don't know. I, I get why they did it to begin with, but like in the end, they could have just kept her. Um, but this is pretty cool, and there's going to be like a billion games over the next four weeks because they play like every team gets three games, I think. So you get like nine games a week or something. And I don't know how to do that. I think that's what we were talking about with. Um with the uh with the G League teams. Um yeah. or the G League stuff rather. That like said like this saved her career, like a G League team could do that. And this is kind of it's kinda of similar, it's kinda of not because this is like a athletes unlimited, it's like a thing. Like it's yeah. it's it's women's sports. It's not just basketball. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they like they do softball and they do um <clears throat> volleyball I think and like they have lacrosse. Someone I went to high school with is actually part of their lacrosse thing. Yeah, and so like it's a little different, you know? Yeah. And um it's which is this is cool in its own right. I'm not saying it's not cool or anything. But like it's not specific to the W and it's not it's not specifically a G League thing where I feel like a G League thing would have more opportunities for people, but this is exactly what we mean. Like yeah. someone who needs a second chance or someone who got hurt last year and goes to Athletes Unlimited and balls out, they're going to be like, oh, we should probably look into signing this person. Or maybe that person gets a training camp contract somewhere. Like, there's a lot that, there's a lot more stuff that could happen at an Athletes Unlimited thing. Or, like, because of something like this, where if this didn't exist, then, well, Sid Colson is retired somewhere right now. <laughs> like, doing whatever. I think the best example of what this league can do is actually, um, from last year, Melissa Smith balled out. And then the Fever were like, okay, we'll give you we'll give you more run. And she's proven herself to be a very good starting player for them. And yep. I, like like you said, this isn't a G League, obviously, even though the W is smartly partnering with them for the to, to showcase the games and stuff. But it does sort of bridge the gap right now. And I mean, we're also gonna get uh, at some point, I don't know if it's gonna be next year, year after, um, Nafisa Collier and Brianna Stewart have their three-on-three league they're trying to start. Um, and stuff like this is, I think it's good twofold because again, it does help um it does help the the players sort of have this space where they don't have to go overseas. I mean, Natasha Cloud played overseas this year, but like a lot of these players now don't have to play overseas because they're able to do this. Yeah. And it also creates this opportunity where like Okay, I've heard of Nat- if I'm if I'm just a regular person, I've heard of Natasha Cloud, I've heard of Alicia Gray. Now I'm gonna put my eyes on this league. And now I'm also gonna watch these other players that maybe they weren't on my team last year or I haven't really heard of them. And now I really can see, you know, sort of the 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 greatness of other players who aren't just the top line main name players. I think it's great to sort of put a bigger spotlight on the game as a whole. And I think that AU does that really well for, I mean, all of their leagues. Like I said, they, you know, we we li- listed the the sports that they have. They're kind of a big enterprise now. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, like, they're, I don't know if you know this, but they partnered with ESPN, like Athletes yeah. Limited, 
and yeah. like all that, and that's for all the sports. That's not just for basketball. Like I think, I think the basketball stuff is, um, namely, it's going to be like there's 24 games. So, so I'm looking at it now. 24 of the basketball games are on ESPN. Uh, 18 softball games, 24 lacrosse games, 30 softball games, 30 volleyball games, and then a bunch of linear networks, and then a few on ESPN Plus. So most of the games are going to be aired on like ESPN TV, which is also really cool in a way that like someone is flipping through the channels and they stumble upon an AU pro, uh, an AU basketball game, and they're like, "Oh, what is this? Like, there's basketball on now. Uh, there's women's basketball on now." And then they see something and they're like, "Wow, that was really fun!" And then here you go. Like you kind of run off from there. So yeah. Like this is a, to say that the, the, the W needs a G league is probably us like wish casting 10 years into the future because the W can't even handle a 14th team in the league right now, <laughs> apparently. So like, we need to like hold, like, like we need to hold our horses with that one. But like, <laughs> like this is legitimately a smart thing to do in order to kind of like, like you said, bridge the gap and kind of, make a fake one until there is enough time to make a real one, you know? If you have 13 teams and 13 G League teams, that equals mm. 26. Even number. And Yeah, there we go. Lock it in. <laughs> We're doing math. Um, but this is this is great because we've got like three weeks until the women's NCAA tournament starts set it right. Um, so we like we need something to watch because the college games are just sort of we're kind of just sort of dragging along there waiting for everything yeah, to start. This is this is the worst time for college sports. So I know, as much as I love college basketball and I enjoy watching college basketball, unless you're a very specific group of people care about college basketball right now. And if you're, if it's, if your team is on a bubble trying to get into the tournament, everyone else knows that they're in it or out of it. And they're just waiting for the conference tournaments at this point. Yeah. But like, there's yeah. no reason to watch South Carolina basketball right now, unless you're a true sicko, <laughs> which plenty of people are. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is going to be exciting. I figure we'll probably talk about it over the next few weeks, um, keeping up with who's who's showing out. Um, but you also you wanted to bring this up. The um, this week the in related women's sports news, the PWHL announced their um, draft and tournament rules, um, which was fascinating to to see because you know most major men's sports sort of follow a lot of the same rules generally for their thing um but their the draft i thought their plan for who was going to get the first pick is really cool yes. um the the gold plan i believe they're calling it where basically after you are they have six teams in the league four of them are going to make it to the playoffs the two that don't after each one gets eliminated they're going to start accruing points towards the number one pick and whoever has the most points gets that number one pick. So basically discourages tanking after that. You don't go, you don't get the first pick by being the worst. You get the first pick by being the best of the worst. Yes. And I think that it's really smart. And I think that's something that I wish every league could do. And I love that a new league like the PWHL is doing something like this because they're allowing they're not not, not allowing. They're saying this is how it is. Like if you're a GM of New York or whatever and you miss the playoffs, there's no excuse for you not to try. And there's no excuse for you to go into the offseason and be like, every single one of those teams should be trying to be as good as possibly can because there's a reason to even if you're out of the playoffs. 
And I think that's good for the fans. I think that's good for the league. I think that's good for the players. I think that's good for basically, I think there's no real losers in this scenario. And unfortunately, I think the men's leagues are too established to not do like, could, could you imagine trying to tell the A's or the nationals like, Hey, you're going to suck. And you're going to suck for years. And also you don't get the draft for, even though they kind of <laughs> like with the new anti-tanking baseball rules, it's kind of going to happen to the nationals anyway. But like, I just think that it's awesome that I, this is probably anecdotal and I correct me if, I mean, say if you don't agree with me, but I feel like women's leagues are more they They take more chances with their rules and they take more interesting spins on things sometimes than other leagues because I think they're trying to innovate more because the other leagues are just, that's what it is. You know, all of us grew up with baseball and football and basketball and hockey being what it was, but the PWHL is brand new and they're going to be like, Hey, let's, let's try something. And that's really cool to me, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. It's like the, the W do their first, you know, their draft lottery is based on a combination of two years of records or, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's like you said, it's cool to see it because basically now, I mean, it's a small league, so it's kind of hard to tank right now. I mean, you could do it, but like if, if I'm trying to think who's in last place, is it Ottawa or Boston or, or something? I don't remember um, who's in last place to be quite honest with you. I, I feel like yesterday it was Ottawa, but then they beat New York. Um, I got so mad. Um, so, like, they might not be, but, like, if you're Ottawa, you could trade away all your players before the deadline, all, like, all your good players. Also, that kind of fucks you over, because a lot of these players are signed on two- or three-year deals, and because the league is so small now, you could wildly vary each year, and, like, then the next year you could make it to the playoffs. Like, it could be fine. Um, But, yeah, it basically says, like, you could lose, but you could still, like, still try, and then you're going to get whoever the best player is next year. And I also think it's precedent for the league when it does expand. Um, yeah. Because obviously, like, if it if the league is going to exist beyond a few years, it's not going to stay at six. That's just yeah. too small. Clearly, and they so already want it, to expand. Yes. And when it's 12 or 15 or whatever the case may be, then there's no reason for that 10th team to not give a shit about what's going on in the league yeah. and just be like, we're going to be as bad as possible for insert star player that you could draft here, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's a really cool thing also because it's you're you're getting it in on the ground floor of the first year and the playoff rules are different too where the first seed picks who they play. Yeah. And the second seed plays the other team that doesn't get picked and they have home ice advantage. So like I really find that intriguing too cuz could you imagine you're the first seed and you pick some team and that team is like for real? You think you're going to beat us? Like, then it's like, it's go time because you think yeah. you're going to beat us because you picked us. Like, and then that kind of creates a more, in, like, that creates an intensity that is just innate because you're like, what do you mean you're going to beat us? Like, what do you mean you want to play us instead of playing whoever, you know? Like, yeah. that's really cool, too, on the other side of it, so. Yeah. They're also the the PWHL is also I believe the first league, and I mean this is just a product of when they came into fruition. The first league to come into existence with a CBA, like that was one of the things that they did before they 
fully started the league was they they sat down with the players and created a, a CBA, which I think is also a show of good faith towards yeah. the players and the teams that that we're willing to already work with each other. And I'm sure it's not a perfect CBA, but it's something. There's not going to be a period where like the, the teams can just do whatever the fuck they want because there's no players association. Like there's a players association, there's a CBA. And the league is going to the league and the teams are going to work with that. And I think that that's really quite impressive. Yes. And I, I also think it's a show of faith of like, we want to make this work. Yeah. I really do think they want the PWHL to work. And I Absolutely. really do think they want to, it just, it feels like something that they really want to make work long-term because um, like hockey is, Women's hockey feels like such a big deal internationally, like for the Olympics and for stuff like games of that nature. But it never really felt like they a, a league got it got off the ground. You know, like yeah. every time there was momentum on a league, it kind of just collapsed and just kind of went away. And then a new league would pop up, and then that would last for a while. And then I was watching that shit on like Twitch, and I was like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is not." This is not gonna. It's it's on life support. If I'm watching this game on Twitch on like a fixed <laughs> camera in the middle, you know what I mean? Like, and and they're playing like in rinky dink places where now they're not doing that. Like, it kind of feels like they're really pushing to make this league legit and stay yeah. legit. And I think this is something that it's gonna get a lot of people talking and a lot of people giving a shit about what's going on. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. They they. They seem to have taken a lot of lessons from like the early nascent days of the both the W and the NWSL and saw like what not to do. I mean, I think it's incredible. I saw like the New York teams like third or fourth game literally at UBS, which is A where the Islanders play, but B like that's a gigantic place. And they were just like playing there. Like that was just we're starting off the bat, we're gonna get, you know, these teams into these nice facilities. And you could tell there was already a groundswell there, which again, I think that the the cross promotion between the the teams, which was very clear with obvious the the color you know motifs that uh, the New York team uses, that's basically the same thing that Gotham and and the Liberty use. Um, but they seem to have taken a lot of those lessons, and yeah, they're very clearly going to try their hardest to make this work, which also is evident in who owns the team owns all the teams and the league currently um one of the yeah. members of the guggenheim group who owns the dodgers uh they're they're gonna this is if this fails it will not be for a lack of extreme trying yeah like the new york riveters who were in the now defunct um the hell was that league called it was and called it, a million and- things <laughs> The, the the um NWHL is what I remember it as, and then the and then Premier Hockey the Federation, PHF. which I yeah. <laughs> I do I do not remember the the Premier Hockey Federation, but um they played it like Aviator in Brooklyn, which is like that is like the most it's like a sports event place, like you people have birthday parties there and shit. Like it was I used Chester. to play like <laughs> I used to play like flag football up there, like interim. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like on like and those are on like travel things, and um, then they played at the at the smaller place of the Prudential Center, and then they played. I don't remember where else they played. They they played at like some place in another place in Jersey. Yeah, 
then they played in like Lake Placid and then like, like that's just as much as I liked watching the Riveters and I had a lot of fun watching them and stuff like that. Like that just felt unserious, you know, and this just doesn't feel unserious. And I think these rules are like, like people talk about them. Like as soon as that stuff happened, people were like, wow, that's really interesting. And it caused people to care and, and log in. And I kind of wish other leagues picked up these league, these rules. And I also think it's really cool that we're seeing women's sports just really push to be in the, in the, in the main conversation of sports, just like any other league. And that's awesome. Like we need more of that. And like, I really hope the P H the PWHL keeps going and expands and does really well. Yeah. I mean, they're just, please give the teams mascots and stuff. Like, <laughs> like I understand it's way below the, the, it's way on the bottom of the totem pole of what actually matters, but please. There were, I don't know if you, if you saw this, there were at one point before the league, like before the game started, there were names leaked that they had like trademarked and um, people didn't love them and made that abundantly clear. And um, so I think they had a plan to go in with names and then like had to scrap that because the names. And then everyone was like, these suck. And it was like, well, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we got to rethink this one. Although the That's New really York, funny. The fans have, have, I've noticed, sort of affectionately taken to calling the team the Pizza Rats, which I feel like, I get that it's a serious league, it's probably have serious names, but um, I love minor league baseball team names, and that feels like a real minor league baseball team name. I would 100% fully support that. It's like, in the vein of the Dairy Daddies. Oh, the Dairy Daddies. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> I need... I need the entire line of Dairy Daddy's merch. Yeah. I, the hat, the shirt, in every size from skim to extra creamy. <laughs> <laughs> the first time that's been said on this yeah. podcast, I think. <laughs> and it may not be the last. No. All right. Uh, I I can't think of anything else to, to bring up in relation. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I'm good. All right. Um, you can follow us on X or Twitter or whatever at TOTKpod. Uh, you can email us at TOTKpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you again next week.